The Denver Broncos believe that they have an emerging star at the pass rusher position, but who is it? We'll break it all down here and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Do the Denver Broncos have an emerging start at the pass rusher position? Internally, the team thinks that they do have that, but how can they emerge into that role? We'll break it all down here in today's brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Lockdown for $20 off your first purchase. Just a reminder, Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Every single day, you can get Locked On Broncos for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Do us a favor, hit that subscribe or that follow button down below so you never miss out on what's going on with your team every single day. All year long, we have you covered. I'm Cody Rourke. I cover the Denver Broncos for Mile High Sports as a reporter. Joined alongside by Sarah Bettinger. He's the site expert over there, predominantlyorange.com. We're going through our final pieces here of our position review and forecast ahead. And we're really going to end it on a high note here with the edge rusher position, which, Sarah, I feel like the commentary here amongst the fan base, just getting a pulse on how the fans feel, I feel like there's a little bit of a split here in terms of what fans think about the position. There's a lot of, hey, the Broncos should draft in the first round a pass rusher, or there's conversations like, no, I believe that this guy can be exactly what the Broncos need that's already on the roster. There's so many different angles here, and obviously that's going to lead us into kind of maybe reviewing what we saw from that unit last season. And I think the what we saw last season is really a fascinating discussion, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you could look at it as a total failure. On the other hand, you could look at it as a great success, right? Because on the failure side of things, it's like Randy Gregory, just a total bust as a free agent signing, gone before he was even with the team for two years. And Frank Clark, in a summer acquisition after Baron Browning went down with an injury, another total bust. But you had the young guys kind of stepping up, right? Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, Browning when he got back from the injury. So I think when you look at this, the state of this position as of 2023, it's really a fascinating discussion because the, the biggest addition the Broncos made ended up being a bust, a free agent bust. And he, you know, Frank, when Randy Gregory went to the 49ers, ended up playing in the Super Bowl, things like that. But he just, he, he wasn't a good free agent pickup. Signed that deal for what, four years, 70 million or something like that. And obviously we know that it was two years essentially guaranteed in terms of the overall guaranteed money, about 28 million. And the Broncos foot the bill for him to get traded to San Francisco. So that piece right there, the Randy Gregory piece has kind of led to that split in the fan base that you're talking about because the Broncos don't have that 15 sack guy off the edge right now, at least in terms of what we've seen on the field. They don't have that guy that, hey, when you need somebody to come and close a game, this guy did it consistently last year. It was supposed to be Randy Gregory from the minute that he got signed. He's supposed to come in and be that guy that closes out games. Now you have this split in the fan base because Randy Gregory busted as a free agent pickup, went elsewhere, and now you're left with all these young guys who are kind of finding their way. It's really a fascinating position to discuss. Well, and after Denver made the move, and you could see why, like Sean Payton, Vance Joseph decided that because immediately we almost saw a boost from Nick Benito starting. We saw it from Jonathan Cooper, and really it was that Chicago Bears game, right? Really 
Denver getting down by a big deficit early on to Justin Fields and then all of a sudden making a strong rally really kind of capped off tying the game because you had Nick Benito strip sacking Justin Fields, Jonathan Cooper, the scoop and score by Coop. Coop, there it is. Uh, these two guys, in my opinion, sir, they, they emerged as very, very big, impactful players. Now, here's also the other reality. You mentioned Baron Browning returning. When Baron returned, Baron jumped into the starting role opposite of Jonathan Cooper. And so that kind of left Nick Benito in that, hey, we're going to come into this pass rush package and you're going to be the guy that we're really going to rely on in certain passing situations. I want to go over their numbers here when you look at these two guys. They both were the, the top sack leaders here in Denver. Obviously, no double-digit sack artists here for the Broncos for yet another season, though I think that they are going to be trending in the right direction here. Okay, When we take a look here at Jonathan Cooper, eight and a half sacks led the team here for this season for Denver here. He finished, obviously, with 22 pressures on the year. He had, I think, four total missed tackles, four quarterback knockdowns, nine hurries, and he was sent on a blitz 28 times. We can get into all the specifics about maybe how the position, the production can get better here in a little bit, but Cooper, eight and a half sacks. Benito, eight sacks here, and he was in a rotational role for a good portion of the season. The thing that stands out to me, 24 total pressures on the quarterback, eight sacks, and also we talk about TFLs. He led the team in TFLs, I believe, with 11 or 12 behind the line of scrimmage. That is an area where we take a look at, at his rookie season to now he made such a drastic jump that you almost, if you play Madden, you know, like rising star, like developmental traits. He's the player you identify as like, hey, this is the guy I want to focus development on here. I truly believe between Cooper, between Benito and Browning, I believe personally that there's a star in one of these players. And I think there's a really good chance one of those guys emerges. And I know for the fact people I've talked to within the Broncos organization also believe that they have an emerging pass rusher here that could be a star. But there's going to be a lot of questions we'll answer here. But then there's also another guy that got thrown into the mix and a new guy. That's Drew Sanders. He made the switch from off-ball linebacker to edge rusher. And he was in that package there with Nick Benito. And to be honest with you, he had some flashes at that position as well. So for me, I look at the beginning of the season, edge rush, disaster. Pretty much where they're able to go after they made those moves from Frank Clark, Randy Gregory, I feel like a work in progress. And I feel like it's more on the success side than the failure side because you had a lot of young guys getting a lot more valuable experience, probably more so than they've ever had so far throughout their careers. To me, that's something they can build on going forward. And I'll be fascinated to hear if anybody asks Sean Payton about that at the scouting combine or George Payton as well. You know, when they get the chance to meet with the media, hey, after you had the chance to review the roster this last year, what did you see from this young pass rush group? Do you see that? What's the debate that's going on lately? It's the do you have a Batman or a bunch of Robins at this position? And, and that's what we've talked about on this show as well. Yeah. Maybe somebody's got to find a, a better way to ask that question to Sean Payton and George Payton and say, do you feel like that guy's on your team? Like the there's not necessarily a baseline for pressures, but you'd love, you see a lot of the best rushers in the league getting at least 30 pressures a season. And, and I think that that's something that, Hey, do the Broncos have that guy on this team? Do you feel like you have somebody that can get to that 30 pressures mark or, or, you know, get rack up the quarter, one quarterback hit a game or, you know, a little more than that. I mean, do you feel like you have those kind of guys that's going to be fun to hear because it, you're right. The the season started off in disaster mode with Frank Clark and Randy Gregory playing horribly or not playing at all. And then you transition to these other guys and you're kind of dealing with 
Baron Browning getting back to full strength, which he kind of looked like he was right back at it when he stepped on the field, didn't he? I mean, that explosiveness was there. And Nick Benito, the quickness off the ball, the ability to kind of string together the the top flight pass rush skills that he has. Jonathan Cooper, relentless motor. So you've got different guys that do different things. It's just a matter of when you evaluated what you saw last year, do you see a bunch of really good guys? Do you see, like you said, an emerging star off the edge? And that could shape how the Broncos do approach 2024 free agency and maybe the 2024 draft. Some of the biggest questions surrounding edge rusher is, does the Broncos struggles on the defensive interior, lack of pass rush there, was that a reason why we saw maybe some inconsistency from the guys on the outside? We'll break that down and much more here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos is brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. And it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased, on your life. So today I want to say how I really feel about something. And you might even be thinking about the same thing this week. We don't have all the answers to this thing called life. It doesn't come with a manual. And sometimes we struggle to deal with changes, whether that's career related, life related. We don't have all the answers. And sometimes it's good to be able to connect with yourself and learn how to do that, to get all the tools that you need in order to find a way to be your best self. And that's where therapy can come in. That's where I've benefited from therapy personally. I've utilized better help therapy in the past where I filled out an online survey. It connected me to a therapist. And luckily, my therapist and I, we had a really good vibe from the beginning. So I didn't have to make any changes. But if you connect with a therapist and you don't vibe well with them, you can change therapists at any time at no additional cost to yourself. Therapy can be different for everybody. And most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team. And it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. Once again, visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Do the Denver Broncos have a star on their roster off the edge right now? Or maybe more importantly, do they believe that they have a star? Because that could shape the entire offseason at this position group for the team. We're going to discuss that question. We're going to break it down, break down some other important questions facing the edge position on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. But I want to say thank you and give a shout out to all of you that make Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, wherever and however you choose to listen. We appreciate you for rocking with us this offseason, every step of the way, breaking down position groups, breaking down. We're almost to free agency. We're about a month out from free agency already. So the offseason is in full swing, and we know, and you know, that we got you covered. So whether you listen to the podcast, wherever free and available, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, or if you watch on YouTube, we appreciate every single one of you so much. And Cody, I think this is a big question, and, and we kind of got to differentiate between the two, right? Because the, the, the discrepancy is right now, a lot of people in Broncos country, maybe not necessarily thinking the team has a star at the edge position on the roster, but the more important question may be, does the team believe that they have that star player in wait, not necessarily even in waiting? They got a full evaluation this past season. Let's talk about those two different, very, very different questions. Do you have one or do you think you have one for the Broncos off the edge this offseason? I think that's kind of in flux right now in terms of do they have one? It's kind of wait and see right now, especially with the young guys taking over kind of mid, not midway through the season, just the early quarter, the first quarter of the season taking over. We saw like, hey, 
there's an added bump in production from these guys when Cooper Benito stepped in. Um, in terms of do they think that they have one? Yeah, they do. You know, a couple of people, like I said, I've spoken to in the organization believe that they have that. Sean Payton himself has even indicated at times in press conferences last season that there's a reason why they went with getting rid of those guys and going with these young guys here that they have a, a strong nucleus with. And they're going to have some opportunity and some flexibility to really kind of run it back here with these guys in 2024. There's obviously going to be need to be some changes. You obviously need to see a bump in production. I think the biggest thing, Sarah, it's got to be health here, right? So for me, you look at Benito. Benito, he came back within a couple of weeks after having the MCL injury. Cooper played banged up throughout the season, still kind of gutted through it. And then Baron Browning came back. I think it was the Green Bay Packers game was his first game back from the injury. So what was that? Was that week seven, six. week eight, something along yeah. the yeah, six, something along those. No, six was the Jets. So, so I think it was week eight because week seven, I think they played the Chiefs week eight and then week nine. Then they played the Chiefs again. Yeah, there we go. All right. I just answered like my that. own question. Jeez, Louise. There we go. The, the gymnastics here are trying to revisit the schedule, but you have these guys, and I, th I think when you look at Cooper, you can see the superstar-type traits. You look at Baron Browning. My goodness, how many times you say, hey, if you cover up his jersey number, you just watch him from a body standpoint, who does he look a lot like? Von Miller in a lot of ways with his bend, his athleticism. And then Nick Benito just looked like an entirely different player this year. So they do, in my opinion, they do have one on the roster. Who is it going to be? That's a great question. Could it be just one guy of those three? Probably. I mean, I think if we're looking at a more likely scenario – one of those three guys will be a star. There is a chance. I don't know how, you know, what the percentage is, but I think there's a chance that there's two out of those three guys could be a star pass rusher here in the National Football League. And if that's the case, and if you get that, that's best case scenario, Denver's sitting in pretty good position. But I also want to maybe kind of ask you this question here. If one of these players, one of those three guys emerges into a star pass rusher, is that enough? I feel like there's a different lens of commentary here about edge rushers in the NFL. You look at some teams around the league, it's not often you have a Khalil Mack and a, and a Joey Bosa opposite of one another, right? Those two guys together, when healthy, are pretty good for the Chargers. But how rare is it to find two really good pass rushers on opposite edges there in today's NFL? It's, it's very rare, in my opinion. So I think if you have one guy, my personal opinion is I think if you have one star pass rusher, that's all you really need. But you need good guys on the defensive interior on that defensive line to make those guys' jobs easier, to be able to take advantage and wreck games the way that we used to see with Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware when they were with Denver. If you get two, it's a little bit of icing on the cake, but I still think part of the problem persists with the defensive line. Now, I want to ask you that question there. Like, if you look at one of these three guys, if one of them becomes a star pass rusher, is that enough in your opinion, or do they need more? Yeah, that's a great question, because right now it kind of feels like there, there's that you have to project or you have to be on the practice field or in those meeting rooms or kind of in those draft meetings or those free agency meetings to know what do these guys really think? Like, what did they see that maybe we didn't see in terms of consistency, in terms of just all around? Like, is there a Von Miller on this roster? I don't I mean, like you said, sometimes you cover up Baron Browning's jersey. He looks like Von Miller, but that's kind of the issue, right? It's like it's it's the sometimes it's not the consistency yet. And that's where I think that's where I think my struggle is. You see a lot of fans that want 
Daniil Hunter in free agency. And we don't know if the Broncos are going to be able to go that hefty in terms of George Payton saying, we're not going to be in the first wave of free agency. Daniil Hunter is the best guy out there. So of course everybody wants to go get him, but do they, do they go for somebody who's got that kind of talent? Like I've, I've mentioned before a chase young, uh, a Marcus Davenport, former first round pick who has that ceiling that you could say, Hey, there's a viable chance this guy becomes that top dog off the edge. Like I said, the guy that's got 30-plus pressures in a season. We see some of the best guys in the NFL getting upwards of 40, 50 pressures. So 30 is kind of like that number that's like, all right, that's this is you're getting two pressures a game, essentially, and you're affecting the pass for the other team consistently. Is it enough for the Broncos to have somebody like that? And is that guy on the team? That's where I'm I'm so torn right now because I feel like I, I love what we saw from Nick Benito. I've loved what we've seen from Baron Browning. I love what we've seen from Jonathan Cooper. And I want to see those guys continue to play. But it's a matter of if you got an opportunity to go get a guy like, a let's say, a Chase Young, who's kind of a risk-reward type of player at this point. You don't know if he's going to play a ton. You don't know if he's going to be able to give you 30-plus pressures in a season. But if he's healthy, he could do that, and he could make everybody else better. I think that is enough. So whether it comes from the inside, whether it comes from free agency, I think if the Broncos do have that one guy, like you said, off the edge, I do think that would set this unit apart in terms of taking it to the next level of consistent pass rush in 2024. It's so hard to, and I, and the biggest takeaway I gained from the Super Bowl with the 49ers and the Chiefs, you know, you look at all the all the different guys, like even Nick Bosa, like that was in there. Nick Bosa was having a hard time really making a strong impact in the pass rush department against Patrick Mahomes. It's like we all know, like Nick Bosa is one of the best in the business at it. So, so much of it is scheme and protection and how you do it, but you also need other guys to step up. And I thought at times in that game, Chase Young definitely stepped up for uh, the 49ers after having really kind of a lackluster postseason uh, since coming over. He had a really good performance in the Super Bowl there. Unfortunately, 49ers didn't win. You know, you look at maybe bringing somebody in from the outside, but then it's like, what does that mean for Drew Sanders, who if he stays an edge rusher, if you bring in somebody from the outside, does that bury him further on the depth chart and maybe take him off the field? That's These are also questions because I, I look at Cooper, I look at Benito, and I look at Browning. Those three guys are going to play. They're going to be heavy in the rotation. So now it's like if you do bring in some outside help, you either have to move Drew Sanders back to off-ball linebacker or – you bury him further on the depth chart in the pass rush department. That's also a tough balance because as we've heard with Sean Payton and George Payton, they really believe in player development. Yeah. that And, and that's exactly where we're at with this, the, the discourse over the course of this next couple of months here is that we may see the Broncos skip on big time free agents or even like the second tier, like I'm talking about with Davenport and chase young, we may see them skip out on that altogether and buy into the, player development, like you said, and we talk about that with the cornerback position as well with Riley Moss, like we fully expect them to bank on their young guys. And so why wouldn't we expect them to do that with the edge group? And that could cause a lot of tension over the course of the offseason because Cody, just like last year at this time, I'm seeing a ton of stuff on the Twitter about how the Broncos roster is so terrible and how this team is so far away from being competitive. And, and it's just like, to me, I'm, I'm seeing a team that just went from winning five games to winning eight. I'm seeing a team that was a a two point conversion against Washington and a first and goal from the eight against Houston and a, a fumble recovered for a touchdown against the jets away from potentially winning 11 games last year. Right? So the, the disconnect here is super odd to me. We, we want to 
draft and develop. And people say, I want the Broncos to be built through the draft. There's only one way to build. It's through the NFL draft. You can't keep signing these bust free agents. And then the moment that you and I talk about expecting them to develop their guys, Baron Browning, Nick Benito, Jonathan Coop, it's not good enough. Those guys aren't good enough. Those They're not talented enough. They didn't show enough. But, well, you got to give them a chance. You got to give them a chance to the, the players develop by playing. I, that's a novel concept, I'm sure, to a lot of people. But look, you're not going to get the Garrett Wilson and, and the Patrick Mahomes every single time you draft somebody. You've got to, this may play out. Baron Browning, Jonathan Cooper, they're in a contract year. What usually happens when guys hit their contract year? They usually explode on, onto the scene. So I'm all I'm saying is I, I'm in the camp that I would love to get a Chase Young. I would love to get a Marcus Davenport. Heck, I'd love to get a Daniil Hunter. That'd be so cool to see him in Denver. But at the same time, if this staff, especially bringing in a fresh set of eyes with Cody Rager now joining the front office, if the fresh set of eyes and the people who have been around say, no, we want to develop these young guys, then who are we to sit here and, and argue with it or debate it until we see what happens on the field? You can be upset about process, but man, it's so frustrating. People want the the process of drafting, developing, but then on the other hand, it's like we're drafting and developing all three of these freaking guys off the edge yeah. and you don't want to see them play. It's so frustrating, Cody, but welcome to a, a day in the life of our job. It's, yeah, I know. The it's like a it's a privilege in a sense. Like this is our biggest peeve that we have to deal with in terms of our job in the day to day. But I I agree with you essentially there, and I I think that there's going to be some interesting decisions to be made. And what will the Broncos do here at Edge Rusher going into 2024? We'll share what we think is in the forecast there, including maybe the potential return of a familiar face. You'll get that here on today's brand new episode, Locked On Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at the Game Time app. And you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event because Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive, you get all in prices, which show you your total upfront, So, you know that you're getting a great deal before you even check out and you can buy tickets in seconds with two taps. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What will the Denver Broncos decide to do with the edge rusher position here in 2024? There's a lot of options in the NFL free agency side of things, the NFL draft, or even in-house. We'll break it all down here on today's episode of the show. Real quick, want to say thank you so much once again to everybody in Broncos country. Thanks for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Special shout out to all the everydayers. Just a reminder, you can get this podcast for free every single day, all year long on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Sarah, let's kind of open this up a little bit. I, I feel like we can just get into our general proje uh, projection or prediction as to what we think will happen with the edge rusher position. Me personally, I think Denver's going to run it back with Benito, with Cooper, with Browning, and I think with Drew Sanders. I don't think they're going to make any kind of big splashes. And if I'm not mistaken, I still believe Ronnie Perkins signed a futures contract or a futures deal with the team mm -hmm. where he's still on the roster. So there's also a fifth guy there that they really do have 
some investment in from a developmental standpoint. And obviously, he stuck around for some time. What do you think is going to happen? And then there's another situation I'm going to present that we've seen thrown out there in the social media atmosphere. I think that we could see the Broncos look into the free agency market depending on, you know, what what level some of these guys are at. I've mentioned this on the show before, but I think it's going to be worth repeating up until we hit free agency that although George Payton said they may not be players in the first wave of free agency, I just pulled up a, a random list. I, I just Googled 2024 NFL free agent edge players. I just want to read you a few names here, okay? When we talk about waves of free agency, just think about this list for a second. Josh Allen from the Jacksonville Jaguars, number one. Brian Burns from the Carolina Panthers, number two. Daniil Hunter from the Vikings, all the way down at number three. Bryce Huff, a player who had 10 sacks this past year for the Jets at number four. Chase Young at five. Jonathan Grenard, who had an amazing season for the Texans at number six. And then you get to the veterans like Jadavian Clowney, who had a great year for the Ravens. Zadarius Smith, very productive for the Browns. Josh Uche from the New England Patriots. We know, I mean, that's a guy that Bill Belichick loved out there. Leonard Floyd, 10 sacks for the Buffalo Bills at number 10. Andrew Van Ginkle. I mean, Danico Audrey. Brent Armstrong, Brandon. Gr- you see what I'm saying here? Like when we get down into the waves of free agency, is there a player among that list that fits where the Broncos budget wise, playing time wise? I could see them getting into that market depending on the price. If we're talking about $20 million a year for Bryce Huff, that ain't happening. Okay. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, so there, it's got to be something reasonable enough. But if there's a risk worth taking out there, I could see them doing that and adding somebody to the mix. But like we just got done talking about, maybe they want to buy into the playmakers that they already have. Maybe the switching Drew Sanders to the edge is a move that they believe in going forward. So I could see them getting into that market if the price is right. If the price is right, I like that. I was trying to think of uh, you know an old uh, Bob Barker call line there to be able to do... Here's another thing, right? In terms of come on down, you look at, I've seen this option thrown out on social media. The Buffalo Bills could very well, in fact, release former Broncos friend, Von Miller. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on, on the legal side of things. We'll wait to see. I'm not going to comment on that. I mean, I don't have all the information. I can't make a judgment either way. But I've seen a lot of people say, well, if the Bills release Von Miller, he should come back to Denver. I, I'm curious how you feel about this. I, Sarah, as much as I love Von Miller and I know how important he is in terms of team history, I don't think that would be a good move here for the Broncos because we've seen Von kind of fall off a little bit. And look, I, granted, he came back from an ACL injury. We all know that takes time. But where he's at at his age, specifically from a production standpoint, we didn't see him have much of an impact, even when he was fully healthy for the Bills this season at crucial junctures of their season. To me, I'm torn on that. I I don't feel like that would be a good move for Denver personally. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it may not be the best move overall for everybody. It's kind of one of those things to where like you want the the Von Miller that we had to be. Those are the memories, right? Those are (laughs) the things. You don't necessarily need to have a a redo of everything and say, hey, come on back. Let's see how it goes the second time around because that may not go well. And it may be the lasting impression that he makes on the franchise. And like you said, the off field stuff, we, we won't get into all of that because we don't know anything about that really when it comes down to it. But man, you just, I don't know if you want to go there and Vaughn, I'm sure would love to come back to the Broncos. We know how much he loves the Broncos still says we, when he, when referring yeah. to the Broncos all the time. So there, if, if again, 
is if the price is right, I, I'm willing to keep an open mind on whatever. But if we're talking like, hey, let's give him, you know, $14 million on a one year deal. That's just I, I don't think the Broncos are in that position right now. They're just not. They, no. And it's not because they lack cash. We know it's the richest ownership group in American pro sports. And the salary cap can be manipulated, but it's not about that. It's about making wise decisions in free agency and using your resources the best way possible. I, I was saying this on yesterday's episode about going kind of to Sam's Club for your shopping and free agency this year. You want to bulk buy. You want to get the best bang for your buck, the best possible value. And signing guys like that to to bigger deals, it just doesn't make sense to me. So everything's got to be at the right price. Part of me wants to preserve, you know, I think the day that Vaughn signs a one one day contract to retire as a Bronco, I think that should be the, the only move that we see with Vaughn Miller and the Broncos going forward. Now, whether that happens this year, if he decides to hang it up, if that's the case, if the Bills retire, I mean, release him, maybe that's something that they look at here. I just, I feel like trying to bring it back, like trying to bring back like, hey, like maybe he can re-spark and re-energize us, the likelihood of that. And on top of that, I think, the only way, because you said keeping an open mind to it, the only way I could see that happening is if he agrees to take a lesser role because here's the thing. You don't want to bring back a guy who's not necessarily performing at the level that he was once when he was you know, at the top peak of the NFL. When you have these young guys, you're trying to develop and figure out if this these guys can play for you long term. To me, that's, I think, where things would interfere with that, and I think it sends the wrong message. Even though Vaughn is a great guy in the locker room, like players love Vaughn. Like, that's the thing. You know, a lot of those guys there are like the Coops, and obviously you take a look at Baron Browning, who's had an experience with Vaughn as well. Like, they would love that, but at the sake of risking their development even further, I feel like it would have to be a lesser role, obviously for not a lot of money, and I don't know if that would make sense for both sides at this point. And I think that that's a great segue for us to open it up to everybody in Broncos country who's listening or watching. What do you think? Like, if the Bills do release Von Miller, do you think it would be wise for them to maybe entertain bringing him back? And if so, what would that look like? And if not, tell us why on the YouTube comments or if you want to get in the conversation on social media, at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Locked on Broncos. That'll wrap things up here for today's episode of the show. But Broncos country, the Senior Bowl, obviously wrapped up a couple weeks ago. We got an eye on a couple of prospects. Now the NFL Scouting Combine is coming up, and we're going to get more insight from George Payton and from Sean Payton. What are some of the biggest questions that we want to have answered here from this team going into the Combine as it pertains to the roster as currently constructed and also some of the prospects that are out there in this year's NFL draft? We'll dive deep into that on tomorrow's brand new episode. Locked on Broncos.